Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. I'm just I'm just going to be real with you all. This past week has been exhausting and I am exhausted. I am so tired mentally, physically, just emotionally. All I want to do right now is crawl into bed and just wait until all of this is over, you know, come out maybe mid-January just to be safe. And I'm sure a lot of you feel the same way, but alas, the world keeps spinning and 2020 is apparently the year that keeps on giving. So instead, what we're going to do today is discuss the election from hell and why it may be several more weeks until we actually know who won the election, Trump or Biden. That's right, this weird limbo that we're all in, this may last for several more weeks. Then we are also going to be talking about why, regardless of who wins the presidency, it turns out that Trump's alleged cult of white supremacy, according to post-election analysis, is actually a lot more diverse than the left was giving him credit for. And don't worry, we're not going to be talking about the election the entire episode. I wouldn't do that to you guys. I know a lot of you probably getting pretty tired of it. I am too, trust me. Johnny Depp has also officially lost his libel case against a British tabloid, and not just that, but Warner Brothers has officially dropped Johnny Depp from the Fantastic Beasts series. Very sad news for the handful of people who was actually invested in that series. And finally, there are rumors swirling that the next James Bond after Daniel Craig will not, not just be a woman, but actually a black lesbian woman very intersectional. So let's let's just dive in to this whole election thing. If you watch this show, you will know that I have been very hesitant to make predictions as to who would win in the election, Trump or Biden. And that's just because I'm not good at that kind of stuff. And honestly, I, I could have seen it going either way. And even though it's pretty clear that I like Trump and I don't like Biden, I think it's also important for people to remember that Obama was president for eight years and the U.S. survived it. And even if Biden ends up becoming the president, hey, with a Republican-controlled Senate and a good chance of Republicans taking the House in two years, plus three new Supreme Court justices nominated by Trump on the bench, there are a lot of checks and balances in place to ensure that if a Biden presidency does happen, it's not going to do catastrophic damage, all right? So, I think a lot of conservatives kind of feel the same way. If if Biden ends up fairly winning the election, then that's it. We just need to accept the results and move on. However, there is a difference between Biden being duly elected by the American people and states and Democrats and establishment politicians and bureaucrats subverting the election in order to get rid of Trump and install Biden. And unfortunately, and I'm just going to be frank about it, it's looking more and more like the latter is exactly what is going on. There are a lot of allegations swirling around right now of voter fraud. And even though some people think that, oh, no, this is just Trump supporters trying to cope with the loss they've been dealt, I don't think that's fair, right? Democrats for four years railed on about Russiagate and Russian conspiracies, even though there was no substantial evidence for it, even after an impeachment. Now, in the face of all these different videos showing evidence and questionable numbers, they're calling Trump supporters conspiracy theorists. They're saying, don't believe your lying eyes. Everything is fine. Let's just move on. I don't think so. So today I want to go through some of the things that really make me question the results that are being reported. 
Now, mail-in ballots are a huge part of why this election, I don't think, was anywhere near secure. And just so we're clear, mail-in ballots are a controversial concept, so much so that a lot of countries do not allow them at all, right? Because the chain of custody is broken for the ballot. And actually, a lot of countries, even if they do allow mail-in ballots, they are reserved exclusively for citizens who are residing overseas, right? It's not just everybody gets them. But with the whole coronavirus thing, or at least under the guise of the whole coronavirus thing, we saw this past year Democrats pushing heavily for mail-in ballots. And actually, some states had universal mail-in ballots. Everybody was just getting ballots in the mail, whether they wanted one or not. And now, what we are seeing in places like Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, Michigan, and Wisconsin is that no matter how much Trump may be leading, or in the past, things are different now, uh, they would just keep finding Biden ballots. Oh, look at that. Isn't just more, more Biden ballots everywhere. Isn't that the craziest thing? Look, I don't think it makes you conspiracy theorist to question that. And actually, the reason why, like I said in the intro, we are not going to know the results of the election for several more weeks is that there are recounts already announced in places like Georgia, and there are also several lawsuits that are going to be going forward in order to explore these allegations of voter fraud. And look, love Trump or hate Trump, I think if you care about fair elections, you should support this and you should want more transparency. We hear a lot about counting every vote. Why not count every legal vote and ensure that illegal votes aren't put on the roster because guess what illegal votes disenfranchise people they do and i don't know why more people aren't concerned about it now james o'keefe project veritas last election cycle four years ago they did an entire series about voter fraud and you know what a few weeks ago they also released videos detailing a ballot harvesting scheme in minnesota now since the uh, you know the election ended up the way that it did, they have put forward several videos talking to USPS, so postal office employees, who say that they have been told to actually backdate ballots. Now, the reason why this is important is because with mail-in ballots, like with mail-in, or sorry, in-person voting, Voting election day, that, that happens on the Tuesday, right? So you can't go in person and expect to vote on Wednesday or Thursday. And likewise, you can't mail in your ballot Wednesday or Thursday after the election and expect it to count. Well, we have reports now from several different sources, and we're going to show video clip of one, of postal employees saying that they were told to backdate ballots that they find being mailed after election day so that they do count as being put in before. Uh, enjoy this clip. I would love to know what you all think about it. Tell us where you work. I work in the Traverse City Post Office, more specifically the Barlow Branch. Your boss told you and your colleagues something that shocked you this morning. What was it? We were issued a directive this morning to collect any ballots we find in mailboxes, collection boxes, just outgoing mail in general, separate them at the end of the day so that they could uh, hand stamp them with the previous day's date. Today is November 4th, for clarification. Who is your boss, and what is his title? Jonathan would be a direct supervisor, yes. Uh, as of right now, he is the opening supervisor for the Barlow Branch Post Office. So I, and this is anecdotal, uh, carried down in another office said they watched the postmaster doing it. If it were just a typical day, it would be clerks doing it up at the distribution center. So 8 p.m. election day, November 3rd. Uh, the Court of Appeals uh, ruled ballots have to be received by that time. And, and what were you told? To separate them today so they could mark them with yesterday's date. 
and send them through the express system to wherever they needed to go. This appears to be an attempt to circumvent Michigan law and allow late votes. To be clear, this is not the only post office employee or postal employee who's come forward with a tale like this. There are others, and actually, uh, if I'm right, Project Veritas is saying that they have someone who is willing to go on record and testify that they were told to backdate ballots. I think this is something absolutely worth investigating, uh, especially when we keep seeing places like Georgia finding all of these ballots for Biden just out of the blue. And, and not only are they for Biden, they're always heavily, heavily weighted toward Biden. And I know in response to that, a lot of people might say, well, of course, the mail-in ballots are favoring Biden. The Democrats were telling people not to go in person, just mail in your ballots. Whereas Trump and his supporters, they were saying, no, go in person, make sure your vote counts. So of course, the ballots are skewing heavily toward Biden. Okay, the thing about that is, uh, as this one Twitter user points out, and don't worry, I'm not going just off of his word, he uses a reputable source to back this up. Even though what mail-in ballots are reporting is heavily weighted toward Biden, if you look at who requested mail-in ballots in several key states, they're pretty evenly split between Republicans and Democrats. As was highlighted by NBC News, in Michigan, 3,480,000 mail-in ballots were requested, and actually a greater, a greater percentage of those mail-in ballots were requested by Republicans than by Democrats. And similarly, in Wisconsin, over 2 million mail-in ballots were requested, and again, a higher percentage of Republicans than Democrats were doing the requesting. Now, I guess it is technically possible that Republicans were requesting these mail-in ballots, but then actually voting for Biden instead of Trump. But considering that Trump's approval rating in the Republican Party has been consistently above like 90%, it just doesn't seem that likely. Hang on, you might also be saying, don't get ahead of yourself, Lauren, even though mail-in ballots, that might be a little sketchy. The truth is that Republicans, aside from Trump, are still doing really well in the election, right? They have maintained their control of the Senate. They've gained seats in the House. If Democrats were fixing the election. Why, why would they only be fixing it for Biden and not for their congressional candidates, right? Just, just doesn't make sense, except that Republicans, people just don't like Trump. All right, so the thing with that is the idea that Republicans are doing so well in the House and Senate, but still losing the presidency actually supports the idea of voter fraud. There are some people who have alleged and guessed I'm not going to make any definitive statements here that in order to save time, people who might want to fix the election are only filling out ballots with votes checked off for Biden, not the rest of the uh, congressional candidates. So if you're not familiar with how a ballot looks like, usually you have many people on a ballot and you can vote for different positions, right? So you might have your choice for the presidency, your choice for a House seat, and your choice for a senator, things like that. And most people, when they go to vote, they vote for the same party straight down the ticket, right? So if there's a Trump voter out there who really likes Trump, odds are when he's already there at the ballot, 
checking things off. He's not just going to fill out for Trump. He's going to go Republican down the ticket. Now, there are big discrepancies over in the amount of votes that Biden has gotten versus other Democrats. And Zero Hedge has a great piece explaining it that I want to go into. So they say in most elections, the majority of votes are cast down the ticket, meaning a voter supports both parties' presidential nominee and state congressional candidates. In fact, according to Pew Research, overwhelming shares of voters who are supporting Trump and Biden say they are also supporting the same party candidate for Senate. Makes sense. Typically, this means that the number of votes for a presidential candidate and that party's Senate candidate are relatively close. Twitter user US Rebel, however, found that the number of votes cast for Joe Biden far exceeds those cast for that state Senate candidates in swing states, while those cast for Trump and GOP senators remains far closer. In Michigan, for example, there was a difference of just 7,131 votes between Trump and GOP candidate John James. Yet the difference between Joe Biden and Democrat candidate Gary Peters was a staggering 69,093. Okay, so to clarify these numbers here, 2,637,173 people voted for Trump in the state of Michigan and 2,630,042 people voted for John James, the Republican Senate candidate in the state of Michigan. So that means there were only of over 2,600,000 people, there were only about 7,000 people who voted for Trump, but not for John James. All right. Very, very small numbers. However, If you look at what's going on with the Democrats, Joe Biden got 2,787,544 votes, but the Democrat Senate candidate only got 2,718,451 votes. That means that instead of the Republicans' 7,000 people who wanted to vote for the president but not the Senate candidate, for the Democrats, there were over 69,000 people who voted for Biden but not the Democratic Senate candidate. That That's kind of fishy. That's kind of fishy. And we also have results for Georgia. In Georgia, there was an 818 vote difference between Trump and the GOP senator. Again, not a lot of people, right? Almost everybody is just going down, voting red through the ticket. But for the Democrats, there was a 95,000 ballot difference between Biden and the Democratic candidate for senator. This is fishy, all right? This is highly suspect if you ask me. And it really does seem like if I had to guess what's happening here is is that they they are filling out ballots and all they are caring about when they're filling out the ballots is getting Biden elected. They don't have the time to go all the way down the ticket, which is why there's so there's such a difference in votes. And you can call me a conspiracy theorist if you want. I just don't understand how you can claim to care about election integrity and democracy, but think this is just not a problem. It's all good. And uh, we also have some reported issues with the software that's used to count ballots. Uh, we have this report that went live on Fox, and it's pretty shocking. In Antrim County, ballots were counted for Democrats that were meant for Republicans, causing a 6,000 vote swing against our candidates. The county clerk came forward and said tabulating software glitched and caused a miscalculation of the votes. Since then, We have now discovered that 47 counties use this same software in the same capacity. Antrim County had to hand count all of the ballots. And these counties that use this software need to closely examine their results for similar discrepancies. Love Trump, 
hate Trump, whatever, you cannot with a straight face claim that these are normal problems or occurrences to be happening in what should be a developed first world country. This this is just crazy. And I mean, there are so many other examples of potential fraud, but uh, we also have a lawsuit being filed. Why? According to Breitbart, quote, at least 21,000 dead people are on Pennsylvania voter rolls. Isn't this curious? 21,000, that's a lot of people. And if you actually, if you've been on social media, you will find that there have been Twitter threads of people looking up dead people and finding that they actually did cast ballots this past Tuesday. This is not acceptable, all right? Is, are these differences going to be enough to sway the election one way or another? I don't know, but I think it's at least worth investigating. And to all of the, quote, conservatives out there who say, you know what, it's fine, Trump lost, just accept it. Shame on you, because we're we're not just talking about whether Trump is president or not, because like I said before, not the end of the world either way. But if this amount of voter fraud is allowed to exist in the American system, I think it's safe to say that there will never be another Republican president ever again. And not just that, but there will never be another duly elected president ever again. Remember, I think it's several weeks or several months ago how there were riots in Belarus because they were alleging voter fraud. And it was this whole international incident. It's a really serious thing. Um, this is exactly as sketchy, but for some reason, the media who claim to care about what's happening in Belarus and who claim to care about Russiagate when it comes to, I think, at least enough cause to investigate the issue of voter fraud, they are absolutely silent. Very, very suspicious. All right, so we're going to be talking about those those dang voters who might look black, but because they voted for Trump aren't actually black. But before we do, I want to tell you all about a new book, Not Free America. Not Free America is one of the most interesting books I've come across in a long time. It's written by Mike Donovan, someone who has fought tyranny for years as the founder of the nation's largest pro bono civil rights firm. As Donovan puts it in his book, Not Free America, the Bill of Rights has been under attack long before COVID-19 or questionable election results. If you refuse to surrender your to any earthly power, you need this book. Not Free America solves the issue of citizens being used by the government. You heard me. It is not just a book. It's also a solution. Visit NotFreeAmerica.com to take the Liberty Pledge and order your copy today to find out how to stop the overreaching abuse of government and what actions you can take to do better. We need to work together and do better to fix the ever-compounding liberty crisis in America. If we can unite around the concept of liberty, we can create lasting greatness. And remember, the most significant changes usually come from times of crisis, perhaps like the one we are in right now. So do your part. Visit NotFreeAmerica.com today. That is NotFreeAmerica.com to order your book today. All right. Now, if you are like me and someone who is conservative, someone who likes Trump, but is also not your typical white male, uh, the left may not know what to do with you. And actually, despite all of the rhetoric saying that Trump supporters were white nationalists, racist, xenophobes, etc., it actually turns out that based on looking at exit polls, Trump improved with pretty much every single category except white males. You heard me. He did better this time around with black males, black females, LGBTQ people, you name it. And 
you know, God help them. Social justice warriors are not happy about this. We uh, had this particularly funny rant by this person, Charles M. Blow. He said, this is so personally devastating to me. The black male vote for Trump increased from 13% in 2016 to 18% this year. The black female vote for Trump doubled from 4% in 2016 to 8% this year. And we actually see from uh, exit polling that 18% of black men voted for Trump, 8% of black women, and not just that, but 36% of Latino men and 28% of Latino women, 37% of all other races. Obviously, this is not a majority of black people or Latino people, but this is a a huge gain for the Republican Party. And I mean, you know, we were just talking about voter fraud. It is suspicious to me that Trump could have improved his performance so much with basically every single group and yet still end up losing. And I also want to say to all of the people out there who are, who have been ragging on Trump for being racist, blah, 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 for the past four years, clearly what you're doing isn't working. People don't care. People aren't buying all this race baiting anymore. And if you are one of those never Trump conservatives who, again, say the same thing that Trump is destroying the Republican Party, guess what? Trump has netted the Republican Party more votes than any other presidential candidate in the Republican Party for, I think, 60 years. So I don't know, instead of focusing so much on how you hate Trump, why not have some introspection and look at what makes you all suck so badly that despite all of Trump's flaws, people, black people, Latino people, whatever people would still rather vote for him than you. Right. Charles, our friend on Twitter, though, he wasn't finished. He said also, once again, exit polls show a majority of white women voting for Trump. Important note, Pew analysis of actual votes in 2016 showed that it wasn't a majority, but it was a plurality. Feminists uh, last election cycle were none too kind toward white women when it came out how many of them supported Trump. Apparently, I think they're just going to be even more upset this time around, regardless of what the actual results are, because it looks like their stranglehold on at least white women is gone and it's increasingly weakening for Latino women and black women as well. And you know what I say? Good. The left has constantly tried to make President Trump's administration into a racial thing. But I think these numbers show that it doesn't matter what your skin color is. The idea of bringing back jobs, the idea of less federal regulation, the idea of a strong America, the idea of borders, that's something that transcends race in the country as I think it should, right? You don't need to be white to support Trump's economic policies. And I think, you know, if you are someone who cares about the black community, you you should You should applaud the person who managed to accomplish historically low unemployment rates for black Americans. And, you know, I'm glad that despite all of the anti-Trump propaganda we've been hearing for the past four years, that people are starting to wake up. And, you know, I hope that this is a trend that continues. I hope people who are black, Latino, Asian, whatever, continue to see that the lies the left is feeding you about how racist the Republican Party is are just not true. This person also says, also... I love this part. The percentage of LGBT voting for Trump doubled from 2016. That's right, doubled. He says, this is why LGBT people of color don't really trust the white gays. Yes, I said what I said, period. All right, so if you follow people like Ariel Scarcella and, you know, Brandon Strzok, Brandon Strzok, sorry, Blair White, uh, Mikey Harlow, you will know that there's actually quite a strong base of LGBT Trump supporters. And Trump is the first person, the first uh, presidential candidate to actually come 
come into office already supporting gay marriage. Uh, you know, Obama, as much as the left loves him, did not do that. He was against gay marriage until it became politically convenient to be for it. And you know what? Gay people, much like straight people, trans people, much like non-trans people, they want jobs, right? They want security. They want low taxes. And Trump, bless him, has delivered that for all Americans, regardless of their sexuality or religion. So it's great to see that uh, kind of paying off. So 28% of LGBT people, according to this poll, voted for Trump. All right, super based. This Charles person also notes the percentage of Latinos and Asians voting for Trump increased from 2016, according to exit polls. He says, this is more evidence that we can't depend on the browning of America to dismantle white supremacy and erase anti-blackness. Now, as someone who is Asian or at least part Asian, the tendency of Asian Americans or, you know, Asian Canadians, just Asian people in general in the West to gravitate toward left-wing parties has always really puzzled me. Because if you look at social issues, Asians, by and large, are very, very socially conservative. Um, you know, they're not they're not AOC fans talking about intersectionality and Latinx. Uh-uh. That's just, that is not a thing. And also, if you look at Asian Americans, they are disproportionately small business owners. And if we look at regulations, Democrats aren't exactly friends to small business owners. I really, really think that so much of what draws Asian Americans to left-wing parties is the narrative that the right-wing parties hate them for their skin color. Again, which is simply not true. So if this represents, uh, you know, more and more Asians waking up and realizing that you don't need to believe what people like Nancy Pelosi say or, you know, Joe Biden saying people want to put you back in chains, then that's a good thing. And again, seeing past Trump... This is a good thing for the future of conservatism. We want to broaden the base of people who accept conservative ideas. Something that's also interesting is that Trump did better with Muslim voters than Jewish voters, which considering that we've heard the media smear Trump by saying he instituted a Muslim ban, he did not. And also, in addition to how strongly Trump has sided with Israel, it's kind of surprising to see that 35% of Muslim voters voted for Trump. But again, good for him. And if we look at Jewish voters, a little bit lower, 30%. Uh, but of course, if we actually look at, you know, practicing or, or Orthodox Jews, they overwhelmingly support Trump and vote Republican. I think it's, you know, what we're seeing, these high numbers, 68% Jewish vote for um for Biden, a lot of those people are more secular, perhaps just ethnic Jews. Uh, so it's it's all interesting stuff. And I think the the salt that the left displays anytime they're reminded that they don't own black people, Asian people, LGBT people or the like is so so delicious. I mean, I, I not that long ago, he did that episode about Chelsea Handler trying to remind 50 Cent that he's black. And if there's one very dangerous and toxic part of intersectionality, it is this whole idea that your race needs to determine your political beliefs. And I think the more we can start to move away from that, the more we can actually start focusing on real issues, right? I would love to be able to talk more about things like tax policies and uh, I don't know, education spending, things like that, rather than just white privilege and slavery reparations, because those, I mean, those are non-issues, frankly. And as long as we're still focusing on that, we're not going to be getting to the real problems. All right. So let us move on to Johnny Depp. I have been following, we've actually done several segments on his whole legal battle, but 
they have ended and not favorably toward him. Before we get to that, though, I want to tell you all about Tommy John. So empowered women know if it's not a hell yes, it is a hell no to bras that pinch and underwires that cut off your circulation. I've said it before, I'll say it again, bras most of the time are essentially boob prisons not comfortable. Uh, so say hell no to cheap fabrics, fortress-like foundation garments, and bras you can't move in. Say hell yes to Tommy John bras and your body will thank you. Whatever tomorrow brings, feel more comfortable by starting your day with your new go-to bra from Tommy John. That's why Tommy John doesn't have customers. They have converts. Their bras and bralettes never dig or slip with twice the adjustability of competing brands and the softest second skin fabric. They're the perfect blend to blend of comfort and support and as someone who travels a lot I always make sure that when it comes to like undergarments of any kind not just bras that I am wearing Tommy John because they are comfortable enough that you can be sitting on a plane for hours and hours and nothing's going to be riding or pinching it is just the most comfortable you can be so go to tommyjohn.com slash Lauren to check out their collection of bras and bralettes for yourself. And they understand that the only way to know if a bra works is to try it on. So shipping and returns are free. Order them all, try them on, keep what you love and send the rest back. There's no risk to try. And if you're not in love, they'll make it right. So go to tommyjohn.com slash Lauren for $20 off site wide. Again, get $20 off only until November 9th at tommyjohn.com slash Lauren. Again, that is tommyjohn.com slash Lauren seaside for details and it's not just bras that they have they have undershirts loungewear you name it liam and i both really like their loungewear pajama pants we wear them all the time all right so johnny depp he is someone who has been kind of dragged through the mud by the media because of allegations that his ex-wife amber heard uh, have made saying essentially that he beat her and although there is evidence that she has been injured in the past what has come forward more recently is evidence that she was also quite abusive herself even leaving cigarette marks on johnny depp's face or i think in one case cutting off a portion of his finger so with the whole legal case i want to be clear johnny depp is not suing Amber Heard in any way, shape, or form. He's actually suing British tabloid for libel for calling him a wife beater. Now, as part of that lawsuit in the UK, uh, there's discovery to essentially try to determine if it is true that Johnny Depp is a wife beater. Because if it's true that Johnny Depp is a wife beater, then, you know, the tabloid didn't commit libel by labeling him as such. Uh, so we have this article by the Mary Sue explaining how things did not go in favor of Johnny Depp. So it says, Johnny Depp, who a UK court affirmed can be called a wife beater, not a favorable ruling, was asked by Warner Brothers to resign from the Fantastic Beast films, and he did so sharing a message with his fans that he will no longer be the Dark Lord Grindelwald. Now, if, if you aren't familiar with the Fantastic Beasts, pretty much it's a prequel series to the Harry Potter series, which is much less good and magical, but J.K. Rowling is involved in it. And in the last Fantastic Beasts movie, Johnny Depp played Grindelwald, the evil wizard who is also... Oh, gosh, uh, Dumbledore's pseudo-gay lover. It's very contrived. It's kind of a long story. But here is the statement that Depp shared to Instagram. In light of recent events, I would like to make the following short statement. Firstly, I'd like to thank everybody who has gifted me with their support and loyalty. I've been humbled and moved by your many messages of love and concern, particularly over the last few days. Secondly, I wish to let you know that I have been asked to resign by Warner Brothers from my role as Grindelwald in Fantastic Beasts, and I have respected and agreed to that request. Finally, I wish to to say this, the surreal judgment of the court in the UK will not change my right to tell the truth and I confirm that I plan to appeal. My resolve remains strong and I intend to prove that the allegations against me are false. My life and career will not be defined by this moment in time. Thank you for reading. Sincerely, 
Johnny Depp. Now, at first, when Amber Heard came public and kind of made these allegations against Depp, not explicitly, but she did write an op-ed where she claims to have been in an abusive relationship. She was previously married to Johnny Depp, so it was pretty easy to put two and two together as to who she was referring to. You know, at first, a lot of people were very disgusted uh, with Johnny Depp, and they were very disappointed with him. And it wasn't really until more information was revealed in this lawsuit uh, that people kind of we're given more insight as to the way that Johnny Depp himself was treated. And Liam and I, the last time we discussed this, we did kind of come to at least a a consensus between ourselves where it seems like this was just an all-around toxic relationship. Was Amber Heard beating Johnny Depp? Absolutely. But I think there is enough evidence to say that Johnny Depp was not exactly an angel in the relationship either. Do I think that this means that he deserves to be removed from the franchise just for being part of a mutually toxic relationship i i don't think so especially not when he his previous ex-wives have come out in defense of him as has his daughter but you know ultimately this is warner brothers choice to make it's uh i mean it is too bad though because i have to say Johnny Depp's performance is one of the few good things about the the last Fantastic Beast movie. But the Mary Sue continues. This follows Depp losing his defamation court case against The Sun in the UK, a case in which a lot of misinformation from Depp fans crawled into the mainstream, where even friends of mine didn't know details of the case, but were sure Amber Heard was a liar. During the case, text messages and other information from the marriage were shared with the judge. One of the most horrifying messages uh, was messages Depp sent to British actor Paul Bettany, aka Marvel's Vision, where he called her a witch and said he would F her burnt corpse afterwards to make sure she's dead. Yikes, that's not exactly the kind of thing you want coming forward in a lawsuit where you're claiming to not beat your wife. According to the Daily Beast, lawyers for Depp had argued the messages should not be taken seriously, however dark and extravagant the language. The judge, Justice Nichols, said in his ruling, the claimant, Depp, has not succeeded in his action for libel. The defendants, the Sun and News Group newspapers, have shown that what they published in the meeting, which I have held the words to bear, was substantially true. I have reached these conclusions, having examined in detail the 14 incidents on which the defendants rely, as well as the overarching considerations which the claimant submitted, I should take into account. In these circumstances, Parliament has said that a defendant has a complete defense. So to be clear, this ruling isn't really about Johnny Depp and Amber Heard per se. In this ruling, the judge isn't saying that Amber Heard is totally innocent and did nothing wrong to Johnny Depp. On, on the contrary, they probably do, with all the information that's come out, acknowledge that Amber Heard had her part to play in this, but this really is about how Johnny Depp reacted in response to what Amber Heard may have done. And, I mean, unfortunately, it is the case that regardless of who may have started it, legally, if Johnny Depp did participate in any way in a physical confrontation with Amber Heard, then I guess the son is covered by calling him in calling him, sorry, a wife beater. Um, So this is something that I think is interesting, not just because Johnny Depp and Amber Heard are famous movie stars, but because it has illustrated a really big double standard in the hashtag MeToo movement. And it's also illustrated how, how dangerous it can be with social media to believe things without proof and without evidence and without hearing the other party's side of events. When Amber Heard came out and she had all these photos of herself being bruised, people like that turned on Johnny Depp, right? And a lot of people 
myself included, were maybe trying to say, well, let's let's wait until the evidence all comes out. But then when there was evidence going to show that Johnny Depp maybe wasn't being treated as well, it's funny, the people who were so quick to condemn him in the first place didn't have the same willingness to believe his side of the story as they did Amber Heard's. And I think a lot of that does have to do with the fact that she is a woman. And right now there is this entire lobby that is dedicated to defending women no matter what they do or what they say, but not men. And actually, speaking of that, Amber Heard has her own role in a franchise. She was in the Aquaman movie. And, you know, when it was released that Johnny Depp had been injured by her, a lot of people were wondering why she wasn't immediately being fired from that franchise when Johnny Depp was under fire for his role in Grindelwald. And, uh, you know, I don't foresee Warner Brothers reversing this decision, but I will say that I hope this doesn't mark the rest of Johnny Depp's career because I think that would be unfortunate. And he said in his statement he is going to appeal. I wish him, I wish him the best. All right, so in other entertainment news, Leishana Lynch will play a new black lesbian 007 in No Time to Die, it is reported. All right, so... No Time to Die is the latest James Bond movie featuring Daniel Craig that was supposed to be out this year but keeps getting pushed back and pushed back. I think right now it is slated to be released in 2021. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this movie is special because it marks the last time that Daniel Craig will play 007. And a lot of rumors have been circulating for quite some time now as to what exactly is going to happen when Daniel Craig leaves the franchise. Because we are in 2020 and having a just cisgendered white lead action role, it's just, it's not very modern. And there are quite a number of people who have come out and said, you know what? should be either a black person or a woman, just something less cis white male. Uh, a lot of people like myself have said, okay, maybe we can talk about having more diverse supporting characters or new characters in the franchise who, you know, who might be more diverse, but why, why make 007 into something else? I mean, diversity is the answer they always give, but uh, let's read this article together. So, No Time to Die's new 007 will be a black lesbian, actor Laishana Lynch confirmed on Friday in an interview with Harper's Bazaar. Move over, James Bond. There's a new special agent in town. I am one black woman. If it were another black woman cast in the role, it would have been the same conversation. She would have got the same attacks, the same abuse, Lynch said. I just have to remind myself that the conversation is happening and that I'm part of something that will be very, very revolutionary. The news has dropped amid the Hollywood rumor mill claiming that Bond, James Bond, will die at the end of the franchise's 25th installment and Nomi, Lynch's character, will be the one to kill him. Now, to be clear, it doesn't really seem like from at least the quotes I'm seeing that Lynch actually came out and said, yes, I will be the new James Bond because that would be a huge, huge spoiler for the film. And also, I do want to say that someone, uh, one of the producers has come on record saying that as long as she is involved, James Bond will be a man. So I just take all of this with a grain of salt is what I will say. Oftentimes, you know, entertainment media, they take quotes out of context in order to try and make it seem like something really scandalous and groundbreaking was said when that's not the case. But the article says, Nomi will allegedly be paired up with Bond in what will turn out to be his final assignment in the April 2021 film. Lashana Lynch appears to have confirmed the new 007 will be a black lesbian. She described the role as a way to challenge the stereotypes ensnaring race and gender. We're moving away from toxic masculinity and that's happening because women are being open, demanding and vocal and calling out misbehavior as soon as we see it, she said. In crafting her James Bond character, Lynch said she collaborated with scriptwriter Phoebe Waller-Bridge to ensure Nomi was not just a 
too slick cast iron figure, I searched for at least one moment in the script where black audience members would nod their heads, tutting at the reality, but glad to see their real life represented. Okay, so there's there's a lot, a uh, lot to unpack here. So she says they're moving away from toxic masculinity. And it's kind of frustrating as someone who is a fan of action movies in general, where anytime there is a strong male character, he is automatically called toxically masculine, right? Because if you look at James Bond, it's true. Part of his character is he is a womanizer. But for a, you know, a group of people who seems to be so, quote, sex positive and really emphasize that sex can be casual and it's not a problem, I, like, I failed to see why James Bond draws so much ire from them. Maybe it's because he's, like, attractive and white while, while sleeping around and suave and successful and actually, like, masculine in that he's physically competent. Uh, maybe they would be okay with his philandering if he were just some creepy male feminist. Uh, I don't know know sleeping with co-workers and abusing them a little bit because that's what male feminists do but yeah for whatever reason they really don't like James Bond and you know to be clear James Bond is not just this movie character he actually has a you know a strong background in books and when people start talking about changing the character of James Bond I think that's why some people get so upset it would be like trying to change the character of you know Iron Man or Captain America these well-established characters into something that they are clearly not. Now, if you are someone who thinks that James Bond is just a relic for another time, that's fine. You don't have to watch his movies. You don't have to engage with him as a character. You certainly don't need a star in his movies, but the desire to try and change every single intellectual property into something that is sufficiently intersectional and woke is something that I just don't understand. And it just, it reeks of historic revisionism, right? Trying to take these staples of media and craft them into something that they they simply aren't and i really have to wonder why they don't just start their own franchises right if you want a strong empowered black female lesbian super spy i think that's different enough from james bond as a concept that that could be its own franchise like why not let that stand alone well, I think the reason why they do that is because, A, they're not happy with white males having anything nowadays, so it's not enough for them to have their own thing. They need to take from other people. And B, I really, I mean, I think even they know that without the brand recognition of 007 and James Bond just having a random black female super spy probably would not be enough to cut it. I don't know. I mean, even even under the umbrella of James Bond, I still think this isn't going to satisfy people. But I guess we're going to need to see what actually happens in the movie if this will be an example of get woke, go broke. But I mean, if everything pink news is saying is true, I yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not really looking forward to the next James Bond movie after No Time to Die. But as always, I would love to hear from you folks. Are you going to see this movie? Why or why not? And if it just so happens to be the case that there will be a black, lesbian, female, whatever James Bond, would that turn you off of the franchise? I really want to know. That's it for now, though. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.